everybody, welcome to Amateur Cast, the show where we pretend to know what we're talking about. I am Sebastian Limon, and I am joined with Kobe Lippis. That's me. And that's it. That's the show, guys. Yeah, Enjoy. that was a good one. Now, See you next week. See you next week, where we talk about... <laughs> where we introduce ourselves, uh, but with our middle names. Ooh. Whoa. <laughs> <laughs> middle names and last names first. Uh, no, guys, Paloma's not here today. It's going to be us for what the next couple of episodes any other episodes it's just gonna be us um whenever anyone else would like to join whether it be paloma or alex you remember her yeah she's not dead <laughs> she's okay she can come back anytime don't worry about it yeah i think from here on out we'll we'll just hope to have a, a rotating door of different guests and friends and on the show and stuff yeah and so if you're listening you could be on this show at Call us now at 555-555-5555. That's not a real number. Do not call. Why well, don't um, tell them that? That ruins oh, the bit. Sorry. You're right. We're kidding. Call the number. Um, Yeah. Just letting you guys know. And it's been a while. Apologies for that. Mainly for that reason. Just trying to figure out um, when we could fit ourselves in. I started work not too long ago. And I've been yeah. very, very busy. And on top of that, we we talked about doing a Tenet episode uh, at the end of last episode, and uh, Tenet had a lot of issues with COVID and stuff, and it was a very difficult movie to see where we live yeah. in Southern California. A lot of theaters are closed. You could only see it at very certain drive-ins. Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw it at the drive-in. Did you see it at the drive-in, Seth? No, I saw it at the theater. You saw it at the theater? Okay. I saw it at the theater. I went back to the theater. <laughs> yeah, so that's why it took us a while to see it, because... Uh, yeah. It was just not possible for a while, but we're back now and hoping to be on a more normal schedule. Yeah, for sure. I've been, we're just trying to balance out, <clears throat> obviously, school, work, and and fun stuff like this for us. But um, before we get to Tenet, I wanted to briefly speak about uh, some trailers that came out. I don't know if you want to talk about, I want to, I want to talk about the Batman trailer. It looks, it looks great. I'm, I'm really pumped looks, about that. Really awesome. It's directed by Matt Reeves, who directed the last two Planet of the Apes movies and the which first Cloverfield movie. Which were fantastic. Which were awesome. Uh, Cloverfield was fun, but the War for the Planet of the Apes, which is the last one, I think is like really great. A really mm-hmm. great movie. And it stars Robert Pattinson as Batman, a young yeah, Bruce Wayne I think and Batman. That's a fantastic casting, honestly. Oh, yeah. I it's think just he's an overall kill great it. cast. Yeah. Um, you've got, you've got, um, Paul oh, Dano as the Riddler. That's right. Paul Dano. You've got Colin Farrell as the penguin and like crazy makeup. Yeah. Um, he looks completely unrecognizable. It's you've awesome. got, I can't remember his name, but the guy playing Gordon is great. Oh, Jeffrey Wright. Jeffrey Wright. Wright? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Great casting. Zoe uh, Kravitz as uh yeah. Catwoman. Uh, as like an early Catwoman or yeah. something. Like an origin And then Andy Serkis is, is yes. Alfred. I love Andy Which Serkis. Which is great. Yeah. That's I'm pretty cool. I'm very excited for that. This looks a lot darker, for sure, than the other Batman movies, which mm. is saying a lot, because <laughs> we've yeah. had pretty dark Batman movies before. It, it looks like it's leaning very heavily into the, to the detective angle, which I'm excited for. Yeah. I think that's like yeah. something that's been up, underrepresented in the movies. It feels very David Fincher. I don't know about you, but like... Oh, yeah, kind of. And terms of like the way it's shot and even the darkness of it and yeah and like you said the very detective side of it could you imagine a uh, david fincher batman 
That'd be awesome. That'd be wild. That would be <laughs> sick. Because I know David Fincher's movies are like pretty, pretty gross. Yeah. Um. So, it it would be pretty pretty something. But um, no. Yeah. I think, I think what sold everybody for the trailer, and definitely for me. Was that amazing? amazing shot of Batman just beating the crap out of that one guy <laughs> and then saying, I'm vengeance or something. Yeah. Remember that? Yeah. That completely sold me. Was, that that kind of gives a good insight into the, what the tone of the movie is going to be. I hope it's not sure. trying too hard to just be like gritty and grunge and dark because that like the last six iterations of Batman or whatever, more like the last two or three have just mm. been like, this one's the grounded one. Right. Um, yeah. But that's I like just hope Zack it's Snyder. like a good detective story. Yeah, well, again, like that's from Zack Snyder, who just does not know how to balance tone and yeah, I agree. Really tell a coherent story, whereas Matt Reeves, um, clearly knows what he's doing. Mm-hmm. So, I, I'm really hoping for some greatness here. Right it's far. also funny because Robert Pattinson uh, uh, auditioned for this while filming uh, Tenet. Yeah, with Christopher Nolan, who funny. made. The Dark Knight, so. The Dark Knight, yeah. I mean, I don't, I'm loving everything about this trailer. It looks both dark, but kind of classic zany Batman. Like, in, like yeah. even, like, freaking Penguin looks weird. Mm-hmm. Almost I'm like excited for that, for that Penguin. Yeah. And I think Paul um, Dano's really going to kill it. I mean, if it's a tenth of good as, as his performance in There Will Be Blood, it'll be phenomenal. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, and then the suit looks great. Mm-hmm. The use of Nirvana was awesome. Oh yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm just, yeah. I don't, I'm very excited for this. I think I'm really hoping, not hoping, but like a lot of it is like. I, I'm not a Batman fan in the sense that I love the comics. I just love the character and the way that it's been portrayed in the movies mm. so far, to an extent. Um, but this seems to be hopefully maybe even like my favorite so far. Like everything about it is just like, I, I, I love Christian Bale's Batman, but I, I, I don't know, like for a while I, I just didn't care for his character. All that yeah. Much. I don't I know. I think he's a better Bruce Wayne than he is a Batman. Yeah, I agree. Um, but. Ben Affleck's no, yeah. probably the other way around. <laughs> Yeah, I like him as Batman a lot. He's really cool. But the yeah. Bruce Wayne, I just did not care. And that's mainly just because they didn't give him good writing. Yeah. Especially just... in Justice League. Uh, we're not going to talk about it. Oof. But, uh... <laughs> no, yeah, the Batman comes out 2021. Very, very excited for this. Yeah, along with every other movie that was supposed to come out in 2020. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly. James that, Bond what? now. James Black Bond Widow, now. West High Story. French Dispatch, um, the new uh, Wes Anderson movie, is coming out in 2021. Last Night in Soho. Mm-hmm. Which we would have already seen. I was so bummed about that. If COVID didn't happen. It was supposed to come out in September, right? I think so. Yeah. I was looking forward to that. Are you kidding me? An Edgar Wright horror movie? That sounds awesome. With uh, Anya Taylor-Joy and uh, Thomasin McKenzie, the girl from Jojo Rabbit. That's oh, her, great. Yeah. That's awesome. That's awesome. Oh, and also the twins from Harry Potter, I think, were in it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. The Weasley brothers. Oh, that's great. Okay. I'm looking forward to that. I'm, I'm, there's not even a trailer for that, huh? No, there's not. There's not a trailer for a lot of stuff that's coming out. Like, Mank is coming out very soon, and there's still not a trailer for that. 
Oh, Mank looks awesome. They, I'm they did Mank. release photos, though, didn't they? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to that for sure. Um, and the other trailer that came out, because not much of the DC trailers we really care for, or at least personally, I'm really careful, um, is Dune by mm-hmm. Denis Villeneuve, who directed such classics as Arrival, Sicario, Prisoners, and of course, my favorite. Blade Runner 2049. It stars Timothy Chalamet, Oscar Isaac. Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin. Zendaya. Dave Bautista. Uh, what's that actor? Rebecca Ferguson? Oh, right. Yeah. Rebecca Ferguson. And probably like 26 other people we're forgetting. The, yeah. the cast is just stacked. It's insane. Yeah. It is insane. Yeah. You kidding me? This looks like another spectacle. Um, yeah. I'm excited for it. I mean... Uh, I wish the trailer was a little more colorful in the vein mm-hmm. of Blade Runner, uh, because like that's also a movie that is kind of dystopian desert, but manages mm-hmm. to be more vibrant. Yeah. Um, but I I trust uh I trust Denis. <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> have you seen much of from Denis? I haven't seen much, and I'm really looking forward to watching like all of his movies before this comes out in in oh, preparation, yeah. and hopefully we can do an episode on on him and on Dune. What have you seen? Um, I don't. I don't know if I've seen any. <laughs> oh no! <laughs> no wonder. Okay, I, you need to know. watch his movies. I know. Once I do. you do, you'll be very excited for doing. I know. I do. Okay. I can. I can assure you. Yeah. No, Denis and Denis, we trust honestly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I would agree with you with the with the color, but blade runner is known for that like mm-hmm. for the world the very um it's very both dystopian yet kind of beautiful at the same time right and they because really... it's like neon kind of yeah whereas dune is in a desert planet yeah and i'll, I'll all... also say that i haven't read dune so that might be very I haven't like, either like on point intentional for the story i'm not sure mm-hmm. yeah but hans zimmer's score is gonna slap so hard oh yeah <laughs> Just, i can't wait uh... Just the uh, the atmosphere, the I, I it seems like a Luke Skywalker story, like a like a classic hero's mm. journey story. Which yeah, I'm really hoping for. Um, and then Timothy Chalamet <clears throat> as that. That's awesome. That's I know. So cool. Yeah. That's pretty. So it's pretty cool to see him in like a huge blockbuster instead oh, yeah. of an A twenty four movie. <laughs> <laughs> Has he? He's been in on like one A twenty four movie, right? No, he's been in a lot of A twenty four. Has movies. he really? He's been in Lady Bird, Calling Me. Calling Me, your name was A24, right? No. Oh, it wasn't? Oh, okay. He was in um, an A24 movie called Hot Summer Nights that I don't think anyone saw. Beautiful Boy. I don't think that was A24. Oh, really? That was Amazon. I'm just assuming everything indie is A24. Everything indie is A24. (laughs) I mean, you're not wrong. (laughs) Guys, I'm pretty sure Star Wars was A24, okay? (laughs) I'm pretty sure. The Rise of Skywalker was A24. (laughs) Oh, no. Um, yeah, just quick quick thoughts on newer trailers that came out. Very excited for both yeah. of them. Oh, another uh, another exciting trailer that came out recently is One Night in Miami, uh, Regina King's directorial debut. Have you seen this? I have not. Oh, um, I think it's probably going to be a big awards contender this year. It's it's directed by Regina King, the actress, and um, is that the one from Beale Street? Uh, yes, yeah, she won the Oscar for Bill Street. She, um, so it's uh, based on an August Wilson play. Or, is it, no, it's not August Wilson. No, it's based on a play. Um, okay. And it's, uh, it's about 
a night that Muhammad Ali, um, um, Sam Cooke, Jim Brown, and Malcolm X all hung out together. And it's just those four, I know, it's crazy. And it's just those four characters, like, hanging out one night. Um, And that looks really cool and exciting. And uh, uh, I think Sam Cooke is, it's one night in Miami. Okay. The trailer came out then. Yeah, 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 you should watch it. It looks, it looks pretty great. Uh, I'll have to check this out after. Leslie Odom Jr. is playing Sam Cooke, and I think he's doing an original song for it. So, that's awesome. That'll be sick. <laughs> okay, cool. Then that comes out on Netflix. Um, I think it's. I'll, I'll double check. I think it's Netflix. I think like every movie right now, they're just yeah. either putting on, on Netflix or just any other streaming service except for. Yeah. Except for Nolan. Which is That's a great true. segue for Tenet. <gasps> hey! Uh-huh. <laughs> 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 oh my god. <laughs> um, so yeah, Kobe, would you like to introduce what we Yes, watched? today we are finally going to be talking about Tenet after 12 years of waiting since the last episode. Uh, there's been enough time for another before movie, before four, just kidding. Before uh, anyways, four? <laughs> before four. Um, the divorce. Anyways, oh, no. <laughs> yeah, we were finally, finally talking about Tenet, as well as uh, two other Christopher Nolan movies that me and Seb picked to, to bring to the table today that we wanted to talk about, um, Inception and Dunkirk, and I mentioned those ahead of time because I think I'm really excited to talk about those in relation with Tenet. I think, personally, uh, coming out of the drive-in theater for Tenet, I found myself, uh, in conversation with the friends that I saw it with, like, uh, comparing it most to Inception and Dunkirk. I feel like those are two movies that really kind of show Christopher Nolan's, um, kind of change in progress as a director leading up to Tenet. Uh, those are probably the two most similar. So this would be a cool discussion, I think. Um, but yeah, Seb, right off the bat, what'd you think of Tenet? Uh, so for me, I think I gotta explain. I think we should both explain like our relationship with Christopher Nolan. Oh sure. Um, for me, I think f- for a while, it's not that I disliked him. I like I remember being young, like eleven, twelve, knowing who he was, like Inception, The Dark Knight, and all that, mm-hmm. and recognizing that his movies were good, but never finding an emotional connection with them. Yeah. And it was like that for a while. Like, I didn't even want to see Dunkirk when it came out. I'm like, I don't care about Christopher Nolan. Um, But then, true story, when I went to go see First Man, when it came out, First Man by Damien Chazelle, we talked about this. Great movie. But um, I saw it. I forgot about this. uh, (laughs) I saw it at the City Walk at Universal, that IMAX theater. And I came out. And there he was, Christopher Nolan. I completely Nolan. forgot you've met Christopher Nolan before recording yeah. this. <laughs> there he was, um, <laughs> with his with his kids, clearly talking about the movie. I was like, oh my god, that's Christopher Nolan. Like I wasn't like in love with him, but it was still like cool and kind of. And I began to process it like, oh, this guy, who has made huge movies, mm-hmm. um, he's made The Dark Knight. He's made all these big original blockbusters still goes out with his family to go to the movies on a Friday. You know what I mean? Like, it's cool to see that he doesn't have, like, his own theater, his own private screening. He goes out 
yeah. and pays for he, the ticket. He might still, but <laughs> he might. But it's clear that he just loves the craft of movies. Yeah, he just loves that art form so much that he deliberately goes out to support mm-hmm. uh, fellow artists. And something about that was so humbling to me and so inspiring. And not only that, I went up to him and asked for a picture. And here's the proof right here. Ding, ding. There's a photo. If not, if you don't have, if you're listening to this on Spotify, you're not going to see it. So we'll post it on the Instagram. Oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, that's a good idea. But yeah, that's that's me with Christopher Nolan with my horrifying perm hair. (laughs) Yeah, I guess after that, I kind of found this new appreciation for him. Like, I wanted to go back and revisit his movies. And upon that, there are some that I have a better appreciation for and some that I just still don't really care for. But going into Tenet, I had that in mind. And also being back at the movies again. And I thoroughly enjoyed it. <laughs> I, I, I mean, not, I, I recognize that not many people have. But going in knowing it, that it was a Christopher Nolan movie, I knew one thing, um, it was going to be long, visually appealing, yeah. and the characters were not going to be as great. And I kind of knew that going in already. Mm. And at first, it definitely didn't work for me, um, the non-characterization, until at some point it kind of clicked and I realized what the movie was going for. It was a classic James Bond spy movie. Right. That's what it was. It's more plot-driven and action-driven than character-driven. And, I mean, I I love that stuff. I mean, you know, Mission Impossible, the latest one especially, was awesome. Uh, James Bond. And even, to an extent, Indiana Jones. To an extent. Obviously, Indiana Jones has better characterization. Yeah, definitely. For him and... and especially in Raiders. Especially in Raiders, for sure. I think even Last Crusade with his dad and everything. That's true. Yeah, that's true. But um, <clears throat> or in Temple when he you know beats a kid. Um, <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> oh, God. Or in Temple when he gets possessed by a satanic death cult, you know, <laughs> and slaps a kid. Yeah, that's great. <laughs> no, but um, yeah, I think early on. I was able to realize, oh yeah, this is a classic spy movie with with uh, little characterization, but the characters are still kind of fun in a way. I don't mm-hmm. know. And it's very plot-driven and action-driven. And I found myself really enjoying the movie. Um, to, I, I, I even kind of loved it. It was like a lot of fun. Mm. It, was, it was a blast. And I'm looking forward to seeing it again with subtitles. Cause yeah, I'll admit, subtitles I, are very recommended for this movie. Yeah, because I'll admit, I, I, there was sometimes I just did not know. And it's what in some English. Characters were saying. <laughs> and you and still can't English, tell what's exactly. happening. <laughs> yeah. Sound mixing, um, man. Yeah. Nolan, you hack. <laughs> <laughs> fix, your fix your sound, movies. <laughs> <laughs> Let me, a little college student, tell you, Christopher Nolan, what to do. Yes. Um, Dumb. Yeah. Those are just like very small <clears> thoughts. Um, what did you think, Cole? I I feel like I had the same opinion on it as you, but a but a but less of a result. Like everything you said, I agree with, but I liked it much less than you did. Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. I just I really couldn't get past 
the complete lack of characterization. It's it's mm-hmm. so hard for me to engage in a movie when the main character just has nothing going on, when there's nothing for me to root for, to connect mm-hmm. with emotionally. And on top of that, when the movie is making a point, making an effort <clears throat> to be so convoluted and like mm-hmm. extremely complex, it, it's just, it's it feels like I can appre- I appreciated it more than I enjoyed it. I think mm-hmm. it's a good movie. I give it a passing grade. Right, but like, it's it's an extremely complex movie, and it asks you to figure out a lot of stuff, and that's cool. But it yeah. doesn't feel like it's worth the effort when I'm not gonna get some great emotional payoff at the end. Mm-hmm. Um, because in the end, like, I do not care what happens to these characters, except for one being Elizabeth Debicki's character. Oh yeah, she's. Um, I thought she was great in the movie, and her character has by far the most characterization and like the best actual arc. Mm-hmm. I came out of the movie kind of wishing that she was the main character, or at least that there was more of her. Because, mm-hmm. honestly, her story is the driving force of the narrative. Like, yeah. the protagonist, and I'm talking about the main characters literally named the protagonist. Because yeah. Nolan made yeah, an no effort name. to be like, no, you don't get to know anything about him. <laughs> <laughs> Here's his name, the protagonist. <clears throat> he basically is, like, helping her throughout the movie. Um... I, I kind of thought it would have been more interesting from her perspective. Um, I'm not trying to, like, rewrite the whole movie, but that's just, like, something mm-hmm. that I that I thought of, was what if, what if it was kind of focused more on her and less on this character that um, does nothing and, like, has no, really, nothing going for him, no arc, no characterization. Yeah, without spoiling, for a while you really think there's nothing really going on with the character until mm-hmm. the very end. Yeah, um, the very end. There's great revelations about him that are yeah. really, really clever, and I like them a lot. They just it so just is, was too little, too late, you know. Yeah, which is why I think it benefits on the second viewing. Definitely, um, if you care to see it a second time, sure. which I I personally do. I really want to see it again. Um, but yeah, again, without spoiling, at the end you kind of there's some things that are revealed that that are definitely deeper. <laughs> into um both um john david washington's character and even robert pattinson's character yeah but and um, both of them are so like charming and charismatic in this movie like they do a great job i understand what you're saying but because they're so fun and so charming i i was with them the entire time yeah like i I, mean that's a good comparison james bond yeah yeah it's a james bond movie like what's his character what's james bond's character He's, He's a suave. smooth, charismatic spy man. Yeah, he likes that's and exactly. Women. Yeah, <clears throat> and women. <clears throat> um, same thing with this guy. It's clear that he's uh, he's sarcastic. He's uh, he knows what he's doing. He's mm-hmm. focused. Um, but and and John David Washington, who I I wasn't a huge fan of Black Klansman, but even then, I'm like this guy. This guy's going somewhere. I like him. He's yeah, one. he's he's a an incredible actor. He's gonna do pretty great things in the next couple of years. He's very charming. Yeah, yeah I mean, I think he's, he's really Denzel's great. son. Like, what? I mean, how could you not? It, exactly. Yeah, <laughs> Denzel is amazing. And yeah, again, I, I completely like. I see your point. Like, I'm not gonna like, like if someone were to come to me and said, "I hated Tenet. I, I, I couldn't understand." I I get it. I totally get it. I understand. Except, I don't know, for me, it just worked. Like, I totally, like, I had fun. I don't know about you, Kenneth Branagh, 
was great. I love that's him. so funny. Okay, I was about to bring up Kenneth Branagh. Okay. What I, did you think of Kenneth I'm Branagh? so glad you loved him. I thought he was silly. Yeah, he it was like, great. Well, yeah, exactly. Like, okay, so, so oh, he, his character, play? he did a great job. That's what I, Kenneth Branagh did a great job. But I hated mm-hmm. the writing of his character because okay. it was so mustache twirling. Yeah, I love like, it. He was this big, silly, over-the-top villain. <laughs> okay, so so we had the exact same thoughts on the movie, but I liked them and you didn't. <laughs> or no, but you like, but you liked I them liked and I them didn't. I liked them and you didn't. Yeah, <laughs> as much at least. Sure. No, I, overall, I would say I like them, but but uh-huh. not enough to make me um, like love the movie. That's fine. But yeah, That's Kenneth totally Branagh is silly and over the top, and it's fun. Like it's it's I it's funny, but but that. I felt like it it was out of place in such a serious movie where everything else mm-hmm. is very like dire, serious, end of the world stakes. I mean, um, yeah, but I I don't know. Like I thought this was like a much lighter Nolan movie than his previous mm-hmm. movies. Like, his characters were actually kind of fun, and, like, I don't know. This was the first Nolan movie I came out saying, oh, that was fun. Yeah. The other ones, they're either, oh, that was great, that was well-made, that was confusing, Mm -hmm. that was dour. This was fun. Like, the characters were more... Again, it's not a a comedic movie, but it definitely had more sarcasm, more lightweight to it. So that's why, for me, I don't know, the villain and his silliness and his mustache twirliness... Just was so much fun. I loved it. You're right. I, I mean, it I is. Know, I think good. fun is is a fair word for this compared to other Christian Nolan movies because it's the most straightforward action movie mm-hmm, that he's made. For sure. Even though it is bogged down by a lot of plot, you can you could easily watch it and have no idea what's going on, but like still really have a great time with the action. Oh yeah, for sure. If you it's just want to see some done. like rad action scenes, which this movie has, it's really mm-hmm. great. Like the opening scene is great. Yeah, um, and the action yeah. choreography is really, really smart. Oh, like, yeah. there's some great, like, it's very well directed, well choreographed action. Yeah, for sure, definitely. It's like I understand why someone would say, "His character, is, this villain was dumb. It makes no sense." Or this movie um, is too long, or whatever. I get it. Don't get me wrong. It's, I'm not gonna try and say you're wrong for thinking that way. It's a Christopher Nolan movie. Yeah, you know what I mean. Like that, that's what he does. Like he's. It's clear that he's much more into visual storytelling at this point, mm-hmm. and um, and less with character. And I, I think, um, I don't know. I think when he tries to push the emotion, it just doesn't work hmm. for me sometimes. Like in Interstellar, okay. like the whole thing with spoilers for Interstellar. Um, the whole thing that love is, what was it? It was that love is, um, what binds the universe or something. You remember that? Did you see Interstellar? No. Oh, I'm spoiling. It's okay. You didn't spoil any story. (laughs) But, uh, I don't know. I was going to watch it before this and then I was like, it's, I'm not going to like it more than Inception. So it's not, I don't need to bother. (laughs) I need to rewatch Interstellar. I only saw this once but that's from that's from what i remember and i think and here christopher nolan was like i'm not gonna i'm gonna cut all through the bullshit basically Mm. of like any of this and just work with what i'm best at which is visuals Mm. uh action just overall excitement i 
What did you think of the score? Did you like the score? I, I thought it was not, good. not much. I thought it was decent. I mean, it was yeah, it was good enough for for this movie. It definitely felt mm-hmm. like Lud- Ludwig Göransson, I, I think is his name. Uh, and I like yeah. him a lot as a director. I think he did a, a spectacular job with Black Panther. Conductor, you mean? Not director. Or uh yeah, composer, composer. Composer, sorry. Conductor. Um my bad. Um yeah, I think he did a fantastic job with with Black Panther and I believe he did Creed, which is great too. Um, it just felt like with here he was yeah. trying to replicate Hans Zimmer instead of like doing his own thing. Yeah. Like it was mostly just, bwah, bwah, yeah. you know? No, I, I agree. It, it, it worked well for the movie, but it's not yeah. like something I go back to and listen to. De- definitely not. I mean, there's, there's no, there's very little merit to listening to it on its own. Yeah. Um, yeah, which is a lot of, uh, not all of Nolan's scores, but a good majority for sure. Yeah, um, like Dunkirk, especially. Like, I think that works especially well for the movie and mm. setting the tone of scenes. But I don't go back and listen to Dunkirk's score. Sure, <clears throat> on repeat. Um, unlike I don't know something like The Dark Knight, which you can listen to the theme, which is really awesome. Yeah, The Dark Knight um, does have a good score. Um, or maybe even Inception. Maybe. <laughs> um, uh, I think Inception. A lot of times, yeah. Not not all of the tracks, but yeah. Mm-hmm, for sure. For a lot of them. Um, um, is there anything else to say of Tenet? Yeah, we're not spoiling Tenet, by the way. Yeah, no spoilers uh, for Tenet. We should have mentioned that earlier. Um, mm-hmm. But I, w- I kind of want to talk about it in comparison to his earlier work and like how we got here, right? Yeah. Because you were saying he's cutting out the BS and just getting straight into visuals, which is what he's best at. And mm-hmm. I, I see that. Like I kind of think you're right. That was his intention. Same thing with Dunkirk. Very much with Dunkirk. Yeah. What's interesting about it to me, and why I like to compare it to Inception and Dunkirk, mm-hmm. uh, for me, early Christopher Nolan was great because he was like the only director of his time who could, as well as he did, mm-hmm. uh, coincide spectacular visuals, <clears throat> stunts, action, like big scale block blockbuster movie. Yeah with a very engaging emotionally connect like resonant story Mm -hmm. so for me the reason i love inception is because i've i i I, there's not a lot of other movies that that are as big as inception while also being so incredibly character driven like Cobb, leonardo dicaprio's character in inception i will talk more about this later um Mm -hmm is such a great well-written protagonist and all of his inner demons and different kind of inner turmoils are the driving force of the movie like most of the action in inception is just a physical a visual representation of his very inner character arc Mm -hmm. um and before inception like he started with memento which i think it's not a spectacular movie but i really love it it's probably my second favorite christopher nolan movie because it's just like a pure character study and it's a really good character study mm-hmm. and then he did um did he i think he did insomnia after memento or am i skipping yeah. one yeah he did, he did insomnia. insomnia and then he did um like batman begins in the, the prestige. prestige oh yeah. no batman begins first and then the, the prestige i think so yeah and those those and the Dark Knight and, you know, everything leading up to Inception, Inception. are yeah. very visually great. I mean, big spectacle visual storytelling. They're superhero movies. The prestige is like this big magic trick the whole time. It's all this illusions and stuff. 
mm-hmm. uh, but they're very character driven very yeah. character driven um and the characters have really strong arcs and so i think he kind of peaked with inception in that regard of like having this great arc then he did dark knight rises and then he did interstellar afterwards great. right yeah yeah and then and then after this he I did think dunkirk after interstellar that's when He's like, you know what? I'm going to cut off all the BS. And exactly. With visuals. Because Dunkirk was like this turning point for him. It was like this big left turn. Oh, yeah. Where um, he, he, because he's, I think, up to Dunkirk, been a huge, like, character writer. He really likes to focus mm-hmm. on strong characters. And then with he Dunkirk. Tried. <laughs> you didn't think he did in his, like, well in his previous ones? I mean, like, there's something about Nolan's dialogue that just comes off really boring to me that's fair like like even with great characters or even like someone like bruce wayne Mm -hmm. besides the joker which is riveting in every way um because i think that was the only character of christopher nolan that didn't speak like this all the time sure and heath ledger really like breathed life into that script yeah he was like very um not cartoonish but he was just uh animated and, he was, and there you go, um, that was the word. He was animated and, and just completely... Uh, like, he's it was just a big character actor. Like, a great... Mm-hmm. Yeah. It depends on the actor, too. Like, Gary Oldman and the Dark Knight movies are definitely a standout for me. Yeah, he did a great Whereas, job, like, too. some other people are just kind of deadpan yeah. talking <laughs> to me. That's I don't true. know. That's but, true. But, um... Uh, you were saying? Sorry. No, I mean, it, it seems like our different reactions to Tenet are kind of coincide with our different reactions to his earlier stuff Mm -hmm. and how we compare them um because i i actually agree with you with that on the dark knight trilogy i don't think like the character the characterization in there works as well no but in inception and prestige and memento i think he Mm -hmm. is such a great character writer like he really really has these really strong arcs with the, like the characters are very emotionally engaging and so then mm-hmm. Dunkirk comes we're going through the timeline now and he yeah. takes this sharp left turn where he makes like the conscious decision I'm going to make a movie without characters there will be people on screen but they will not be characters they mm-hmm. you do not know their names they do not have backstories they do not have motivations they do not have arcs they are pawns in a great war and that is the point yeah right and it's just visual suspense mm-hmm and like I think he did a great job with that. Dunkirk yeah. is one of the very few exceptions to a movie of a movie. Well, okay. What I'm saying is personally, my taste in movies is very much character driven movies. Um, mm-hmm. That's just personal preference. That's I don't, I, there are plenty of plot driven movies that are great, but yeah. my personal preference is always to lean towards movies with great characters. Dunkirk is one yeah. of the few exceptions for me. I liked Dunkirk despite it not having characters. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, um, for sure. the only other exceptions for me that I can really think of are like 2001. Like there's True, the characters there's in that no movie character. aren't important. Yeah. It's, um, it's about the experience, the visual. Yeah. I'm trying to, I'm trying to even think of what else. I mean, there's, there's not many. Uh, I'm sure there are many. I, I can't. Yeah. 2001 is a great uh, example. That's another yeah. one that you need to experience to know why it's such a great movie. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. And so... That one I was able to see in the theater. That's crazy. Oh, like, I'm so jealous of that. Crap. Oh, my in God. In IMAX, dude. <laughs> That's it insane. It was like, whoa. Like, 
I couldn't believe you it. You saw 2001 in IMAX? Oh, yeah. They had, like, a special screening like, That's years ago. That's insane. Yeah. Wow. I watched it alone at, uh, at, like, one in the morning with all the lights off in the house, which was pretty good because it was very immersive. But, oh, Whoa. man, I wish I could have seen it on such a big screen. That's awesome. No, um, sorry. Back to Nolan. Um, you were saying? Sorry. I don't, I, well, I, just that just that he kind of took this big left turn with Dunkirk. And yeah. then what I think happened with Tenet, which is, which is what bothers me about it most. Mm-hmm. Inception, you've got big, huge, crazy spectacle. But it works because the characterization is great. Dunkirk, mm-hmm. you've got the inverse of that. There is no characterization. But it works because it is the point of it is to just be visual in storytelling. In the middle of the war. Mm-hmm. You're basically just there with everyone else. Yeah. Right. Which makes sense. Tenet seems like, to me, it took one half of each of those formulas, but it was the halves that don't go together. Like, it took mm-hmm. Inception's visuals with Dunkirk's characters. <laughs> I think Dunkirk I work. Mean, I think Dunkirk characters work for me because it's like a war movie, and the point of it is to be about war, not about these soldiers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. About, like, this point in history. It's about the but, terror of war, the scariness right. of it, and wanting to survive and yeah. just that alone you're able to kind of be engaged with who's there yeah just, it's supposed to be pure immersion that. yeah that's what it is like you're um, on the battlefield and you don't know the guys around you why would you these are just other shoulders exactly yeah but with and, tenet it just that just didn't that combination didn't work as well for me as it did in the other two i would agree with you but again the movie is going for something completely different than yeah. Inception and dunkirk it's a spy movie it's supposed to be again very plot and action driven, mm-hmm. and again that doesn't mean you can't make a spy movie that's not character driven either. You can, sure. you totally can. I'm sure. I don't know if there is. Is there? A, uh, what a spy movie that's very character driven. Yeah, I feel like or like a fun like movie one like of that. the Mission Impossible movies. Maybe like one like of Mission them, Impossible yeah. Three. Tom, it's pretty. It's all about like Tom Cruise and his relationship with his wife. Like that's pretty. Yeah, I don't know. The rest of them, they definitely try really. with with Tom Cruise and his character. Yeah, um, and I'm a huge Mission Impossible fan, but oh, yeah. I've never the really gotten into James Bond. So really? maybe it's just different preferences. Like maybe I'm just not a spy movie guy. You know? Maybe. So Tenet's in it vibe with me. That's totally fine. Um, whereas, like, I love that stuff. I love spy movies where it's fun. It's about mm. the plot and the villains very mustache twirling. Uh, the the main protagonist is a suave, cool guy. Yeah. Um, but what makes, and I agree, like, that's definitely, like, like if you're not into that, then you're not really going to be that much into this movie. Yeah. Um, and I think what sets apart other stuff that replicates James Bond, like Indiana Jones, for example, which is basically Spielberg's response to not directing a James Bond movie or not being allowed to direct a James <laughs> Bond movie, um, he was able to make Indiana Jones, an imperfect character. Um, and yes. someone vulnerable like during the action scenes he's never perfect There's that's always what I love points. about Indiana Jones they yeah. made him like such a just a guy like he's just he's, he's a just a guy and he's trying yeah. to get this thing he's trying to get this ark because he believes in archaeology and like it's what he's passionate about but he's just a dude it. yeah <laughs> and, and he even gets, at some yeah. point he's like I don't know I'm just figuring this out as we go 
Exactly. Oh, right? That's what's great That's about great. Indiana Jones is he's always figuring it out as he goes, and you can tell. Yeah. Great stuff. Um, so I guess that would be the example because it's not a spy movie, but it's definitely drawing inspiration from James Bond. Yeah. Um, which allows more character. But uh, again, I, again, I would I would agree with you if only Tenet was going for something more, and it's clear that it was just going for a classic spy movie that just happened to be directed. By Christopher Nolan. So right. It's going to be... <laughs> and so it's going to have weird, crazy time stuff. It's going to have weird, crazy time stuff. The characters are going to be speaking things you have no idea what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. And it's going to look great. And um, and if you're into that, you're going to dig this. And if you're not into that as much, um, try it, maybe. Like, go back to the theater. Hope you enjoy If not, mm, it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I'm not going to put you down for it. It's It's your own preference. Speaking of the weird, crazy time stuff, um, how well did that work for you? Like, did you feel like you were on board and you, like, understood what was going on? I got the gist of it, for sure. Yeah, I was able to... Again, I don't understand everything exactly, but I was able to kind of get enough to be along for the ride. Yeah, I would say same here. Yeah. Um, It was enough to keep me watching. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It wasn't like... yeah. I have no idea what's happening. I need to leave. It was just, okay, that's, uh, I need some more explanation, but I get it. Like, I understand what's, what's going on, what's at stake here, what's... Yeah. And I, uh, I definitely left the theater with questions. Like, I, I kind (laughs) of joked to my friend, like, as much of this movie is just exposition, I was still confused. Like, a movie with this much exposition shouldn't leave me with questions. I know. Right? But again, the the sound mixing is so weird in this movie, and especially being at the drive-in, like, it was yeah. hard to hear a lot of lines. So, when I got home, I watched, like, a four-minute IGN video explaining the movie, and then I totally understood everything. And I was oh, like, yeah. that's great! I wish the movie explained it as well as this four-minute IGN video. <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, I agree with that, but I also really appreciate people that make movies for you to go back to sure. again. I mean, it also depends, not depends, it shows what kind of person you are in response of the movies. If you're someone that's like, no, I'm not going to let this kind of fly over my head. I want to figure this out. I want to crack the code of to what this movie is about. Um, Right. Or you could be someone that's just like, that made no sense. This is stupid. Um, (laughs) Be gone. And not to put yeah. you down, you know what I mean? Like, not, no. not you or not to put anyone down for thinking that. If that's right. just the way well, you view movies, that's fine if you want to watch a movie that's just yeah. fun and escapist. But I really appreciate a movie here and there, not all mm-hmm. the time, obviously, but here and there that, that's challenging and that's yeah. um, different and original. I mean, what do you call it? Not many filmmakers can actually make something this insane oh that's, confusing that's for and sure true there's not other filmmakers such than nolan a big who budget. can make nolan movies exactly that's so it's like I, all the practical I, stunts are incredible in this movie yeah everything looks real mm-hmm. it's insane because it, it is real yeah it's crazy yeah but i i said it before i'll say it again i i understand why someone would not care for this i totally get it but for me yeah it totally worked Oh, 
do we have anything more to say about Tenet? Well, I'll bring up really briefly so we can move on. But one thing yeah. that I... One, one more thing I didn't love about it. Um, okay. <laughs> I'm only speaking negative. Overall, I think it's a solid movie. I just didn't... I just didn't enjoy it that much. I think it's passable. That's fine. That's totally fine. But um, one thing that... <clears throat> that kind of bothered me what i what i'd love to hear your take on is the stakes of the movie uh-huh i think i was comparing it to inception a lot just like talking to myself after i watched it and trying to figure out what it was about it that i didn't vibe with and i realized something about inception that's super interesting it feels very high stakes because you've got this huge action and because they're in the dream sequence like <clears throat> worlds can end buildings can collapse right yeah um so visually <clears throat> it it looks and it feels very high stakes but when you break it down to the plot of the movie what's happening in the canon world of the movie not in the dreams um yeah. there's very little stakes like there's mm-hmm. high stakes for these characters for these and characters, the reason it feels true. high stakes is because this is life and death for Cobb. Because if he doesn't fail this, if he fails this mission, he doesn't get to see his kids again, and that is the end of the world for him. And yeah. it does such a good job placing you in Cobb's mindset of like this needs to happen. This is high stakes. But then yeah. when you look at the plot, it's incredibly low stakes. It's like one businessman wants to sabotage another businessman. Yeah, and they hire basically. these guys to do it through, <clears throat> through dream manipulation. That's it. There's no end but of the it world feels so if high they if they fail. Of the characterization. Yeah, if they fail, the everyone in the world other than them is going to be fine. We're the opposite in Tenet. Yeah. <laughs> or there's exactly. not much for the characters, but in terms of the world, exactly. there's a bunch of stakes. The the yeah. stakes of Tenet are the world ends and existence ceases as we know it. But yeah. the characters, other than just being people who live in the world and don't want to mm-hmm. die, have no reason to be to be engaged in this mission. Mm-hmm. It means nothing to them. Mm-hmm. So it's it's and again so, uh, that's so a that's Bond a great example of why it's a spy movie because exactly he's doing <laughs> yeah. his job. He's doing his job. That's what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Which is why it worked for me. Like it's fine. Uh, I I gotcha. and again I totally get why you'd be like I don't care as much. Mm-hmm. I totally get it. It worked for me. I thought it was fun. Like the last yeah. act of the movie was like thrilling for me. And, yeah. Um, very ticking ticking bomb element of it and uh and again kenneth brana oh, no, i thought he was a joy i loved it <laughs> he, he was very good in the movie to die? <laughs> <laughs> with his russian accent i'm gonna be doing the rest of the review with the russian accent oh thank god so colby yes. what would you give Tenet? um i'd give it a six i would okay how would you like to die Tell me. Um, if you're going to keep doing this accent for the rest I'm of the episode, not, then sorry. very much, very much I will. <laughs> very much right now. <laughs> I'm so sorry. Uh, so you, you would give it a six? Yeah, I think a six is like, is like the borderline, like, this is a, yeah, this is a good grade. It's passing, but I didn't mm-hmm. enjoy it that much. That's totally fine. Um, I give it an eight out of ten. I kind of loved it. It was fun. Uh, I get it it's convoluted very confusing at points and the sound sucks nolan you hack yeah the sounds the sound mixing is not good in this movie uh, again i i thoroughly enjoy spy movies um it was very well made john david washington was 
fun to watch. Robert Pattinson was cool. And Kenneth Branagh was so silly, and I loved it. Yeah. <laughs> it was wonderful. Um, yeah, 8 out of 10. Go see it if you're a Nolan fan. If you're not a Nolan fan, um, it's another Christopher Nolan movie. This isn't going to change your opinion. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, go see it if you love movies. Or if you're just wanting an action movie, just an action movie, go see it. If you want a character, look the other way. Mm. Um, <laughs> speaking of character, let's talk about Inception. That could have been the intro to literally any movie. You know what? <laughs> true. Speaking okay. of movies that have people in them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you're right. <laughs> Dark Crystal is not having I loved it though. It was okay. nice. I loved it. Uh, yeah. Oh, Let's talk about Inception now. Kobe. Inception. Okay. Let's so my pick Inception. for today that I want the Christian Nolan <clears throat> movie I wanted to talk about was obviously Inception. Uh, nice. If you haven't seen it, it's Inception. It came out 10 years ago. It's a modern classic. What are you doing? <laughs> Weirdo. It's great. Um, so we're going to be spoiling it, I think. But also... Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we, are. we we might not have to. We might be spoiling it if it comes okay. up. Um, but it's basically about this guy Cobb, played by Leonardo DiCaprio, and he um, has completely like lost uh, custody of his kids. He yeah. um, is like not even allowed in the U.S. I think so. He's hanging out in Europe, trying to do these kind of like spy missions, um, so that he can get back uh, to his family. Um, mm-hmm. However, he's not just a normal spy. He's a dream spy. So oh he can go into people's dreams. And the way the movie w- works is that <clears throat> dreams are visually represented as landscapes that the characters can walk around. And all the people in these landscapes are their subconscious, right? Yeah. Um, so at one point in the movie, they're walking around like a city. And he's like, um, he's talking to another character, Ellen Page. And he's like, we're in your dream. Oh, no, they're in his dream. But I brought you with me into my dream. And you are the architect. You can uh, control the landscape. And she, like, puts out her hand. And then the building, like, curves around itself and stuff. Yeah. So it's it takes place in this, in this kind of cool sci-fi fantasy thing where characters can enter each other's dreams and then enter the dreams of characters within those dreams. And there's all these layers. And they it's kind of have control over their environments in these cool ways. Um, but also their environments are like constantly raining down on them because like the human brain knows there's an intruder. I need to get this out. So mm-hmm. they get hired by Ken Watanabe's character um, to uh, take down this this businessman who mm-hmm. has just inherited the business from his father. And Ken Watanabe doesn't want his business to go bad. So uh, they hire him to incept an idea into the mind of this guy to go into his dream and give him an idea that he thinks is his in order to do Mm -hmm. something else with his business. Uh, And it basically turns into an action movie. In order to do that, they need to, like, fight off the subconscious people in his brain. It's a whole thing. It's It's hard to explain. it's crazy. But it makes so much sense when you watch it, I swear. (laughs) It does. Um, Yeah. And it's it's, it's a decently long movie that feels like it goes by so fast because it's so engaging. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, it went by, like, it's two and a half hours long, 
Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, it each there's not a moment that that what do you call it um waste time in any yeah. way. It, it's either exposition or character or action. It, the movie's always moving along for a two and a half hour long movie. Didn't think I I was surprised upon rewatching it. But uh, do you do you want to say your thoughts on it before I say my since you I I spoke about Tenet first. Um, I mean, I just I kind of mentioned it earlier. I just love how this movie is like a perfect action movie, as mm-hmm. far as the visuals, the stunts, the choreography. Um, it's incredibly creative and like fantastical, um, with its production design and its effects and everything. But at the heart of it, it's just this one character with this one very clear goal that you can connect yeah. with emotionally. Like, he needs to see his kids again. Oh, yeah, for sure. Um, I love it. I really love it. And it's I just love how everything that you see on screen um, is really... It's showing his inner demons in a way. Like, mm-hmm. what I like about it, and this is maybe kind of a mild spoiler. Like, it's something you kind of learn in the first half of the movie. It's been 10 years, dude. Yeah, Don't it's worry been 10, about it. I mean, come on. It's Inception. <laughs> Everybody saw it. Um, you haven't seen Inception? You're weird. Yeah, you're weird. You're so weird. <laughs> Get out of here. Um. <laughs> Why are you here? <laughs> Get out. Um, so. the, there, the cool thing that I like about this movie is that there's no actual antagonist that is like a person in the movie. There's, a, there's, a, there's an actress who plays the antagonist character. Um, mm-hmm. Um, Mal is the antagonist. Marion Cotillard. Yes, but <laughs> um, I think that's how you say her name. The character Mal, the actual person who exists in this world, is dead. She's not the antagonist. She's dead. Mm-hmm. She's dead. The person that you see Marion Cotillard play is Leonardo DiCaprio's uh, dream image of her. So the only yeah. antagonist is Leonardo DiCaprio's inner conflict. However they very smartly have that be visually represented and like physically mm-hmm. manifested as a person so that you can engage with it and be clear in the story and feel like there's an antagonist, there's a villain. Yeah. I just think that's a, it's pretty genius. I like it. No, oh, yeah. It's pretty great. Um, for me, yeah, for a while, I hadn't seen the movie since I was a kid. Uh, it was like, like I said earlier, Nolan, for a while, I was just like, I don't care. Um, upon rewatching his movies and definitely I I I didn't get around to seeing Inception recently until obviously thank God for the the podcast. I was oh okay cool an excuse to rewatch Inception. And yeah, I was surprised and not surprised but it clicked. I'm like, yeah, this is great. It makes yeah. sense why not just film students but people in general just love the movie. Mm-hmm. Like I even put it I think in my letterbox review. I don't think I did. But basically, I would have reacted to this the same way I reacted to Blade Runner 2049. I mean, like... Mm, if you had seen is, it, like... Yeah, like... When it came out and you were older? Yeah, like six, okay. 15, 16, 17-year-olds totally freaked out when they saw this back in 2010, for sure. Definitely. Um and I'm sure one of them made me want, made them want to become directors or something, um, or explore different ways of telling a story. I mean, this was, this was pretty, like out there, for ten years ago. Like even today, mm-hmm. it's like, oh wow, like it still yeah. holds up, and it's been 
not that long. I mean, ten years is a long time when you think about it. And the visual effects still. Yeah, I mean, it's been a full decade. Yeah. The movie industry has changed tremendously since this came out. For sure. When this came out, there had been like like two Marvel movies. That's it. Yeah. There'd been Iron Man and Hulk. Yeah. And um, maybe maybe uh, maybe Thor had come. Iron Man two. Oh, Iron Man 2, I think, had come up. I don't know. Anyways. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> now there's five each year. But, yeah. Um, but this was a huge blockbuster. Like, this is yeah. a huge, crazy blockbuster. And it was so original. I feel like yeah. there's not... There's, like, almost none of those in the 2010s. There's... Yeah. Even there's in the 2000s, no it's hard to think of. Quentin Tarantino doesn't make blockbusters. But he no. still in makes our, big in enough our movies that people century. see and talk about. Like, after 2000, there have been so few huge blockbusters that are original concepts. And Inception oh, yeah. is probably the biggest one. Probably. I mean, we've had great blockbusters. We've had Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings, but those are based yeah. on books. Something. We've had yeah. Star Wars and Marvel, but those are based on comics <clears throat> and old movies. Yeah. Like, I'm trying to think, like, what other blockbuster movie that was original? I honestly can't think of any from from the last... 10 to 20 years. years that were successful <laughs> yeah that were like huge because there had been avatar returns. well avatar okay avatar the fact that it was the highest grossing movie in the world and we still forgot about it shows how forgettable that movie is exactly <laughs> yeah avatar yeah. Is, is really the only thing that can it's just dancing I mean, with wolves with, with cg yeah, I mean, it was the highest grossing movie in the world, and it was an quote-unquote original story, so, like, you gotta commend it for that, whether or not yeah, yeah, the movie's sure. that good, but, I don't know, man, it's just, other than that, like, it's it's that, it's Inception, I can't think of many others. True, that's crazy, because everything else is either based on a property or just a, yeah. or any movie that we love in general is just smaller, mm-hmm. it's not like a huge blockbuster like this one. Yeah, um, and that's what I love about Inception, it is like this big over-the-top action blockbuster. But I watch it, and it feels just as character-driven as, like, Memento. Mm-hmm. Which is a fantastic character study. Uh, and they actually yeah. have, like, a really similar theme, I think. Like, a really similar idea, which is basically... They're just about, you know, the lies we tell ourselves and how those can hurt other people around us. We we talked a lot about it when it came to Tenet, so I might have spoiled, spoiled our dinner here. <laughs> yeah, a little bit. No, don't worry about it. No, but um, I mean, yeah. Again, upon rewatching it, it's pretty groundbreaking in how. I mean, let's go back to 2010. Back then, the only big thing was what, like Avatar, like we were saying, in terms mm-hmm. of visual effects and uh, visual effects were like beginning to look like almost photorealistic and great. Yeah. Like, now we see a movie with visual effects and this is kind of boring. Like, Absolutely, you don't really yeah. go to a movie and say, oh, that movie had great visual effects. You rarely say That's that true. Like, we've days. gotten to the point where it's, like, leveled out and it's like, okay, yeah. I mean, that had visual effects and they were great, but I've seen them before. Yeah, exactly. I mean, probably, it's... what's the last time you saw a movie and thought those are, like, great new visual effects I've never seen before? Um, I'm not sure. I mean, Endgame um, had a pretty cool... Maybe the Planet like, of the, the Apes movies? Battle. 
Oh yeah, the the motion capture is really good in there. Motion capture in that is amazing. Like the detail in Caesar's eyes were like yeah. and, like the face and everything. Maybe that. Um, I'm trying to. Th- there was like I remember there was one that had, I was like, oh wow, that looks real. Um, but yeah, again, upon rewatching it, I was really able to appreciate it and love it as it is. Um, mm-hmm. Because as again, it's one of those movies, like you said earlier, it's a modern classic. It's very well acted. Uh, the visuals are great. The, it's very well thought out. Uh, it's emotionally resonant. It's it's big, but it also feels intimate when it can. It's 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 awesome. Yeah, like, it's everything a movie, all the best parts of what a movie should be. You know, mm-hmm. and um, I think I, I again, I think what uh, detracts me from like completely loving the movie is Christopher Nolan's dialogue there's sure. plenty of it in this uh, not from everybody of course there are moments and even certain characters they're just completely flat and dead mm-hmm. man like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's character yeah he he has very little he's going on he's a he's very much like a support character to Leonardo DiCaprio yeah. um, Tom Hardy though I thought was Tom Hardy's fun. great He's so yeah. fun in the movie. <laughs> he was cool. I forgot that he was actually kind of fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Tom Hardy wasn't huge like he is now no, when this he came wasn't. out. Exactly, he was yeah. not that well known. Yeah, so it was cool to see, to go back and see. Yeah. I, I mean, even Nolan has worked with him several times. Like A lot, yeah. Dunkirk and The Dark Knight Rises Dark Knight and even Inception. But um, I think... It t- for me personally, it definitely takes a while to really care about um, that actual plot of of that of that um, um, Cillian Murphy. Uh, sure. Uh, trying to or like uh, eventually gaining the inheritance of his father, mm-hmm. and then going into his mind. It took me a little while to kind of actually care about that, but at some point, like as we learn more about the relationship he had with his dad, and. Um, all the visual metaphors in his head of and just uh just learning more things and especially the payoff at the end definitely sets down the emotion like yeah like the the whole payoff of it yeah and um so i think upon a rewatch because again it felt like i was watching it for the first time since i hadn't seen this since i was like what 10 yeah same i I rewatched it for the first time in a long time recently and i knew i liked the movie i remembered liking it as a kid but i was like Mm -hmm. I didn't know if I would like it the same or how it would be, and it, it blew me out of the water, man. Nice. Um, I just watched Memento, and I was thinking, okay, maybe this is my favorite Christopher Nolan movie, but, you mm-hmm. know, it's been a long time since I've watched Inception. Let me give it another try, and then I watched it, and I was like, oh, this is Memento, but also action, and it's just as yeah. good character study as Memento, but also it's perfect action movie. <laughs> I still haven't seen Memento. I, I it's need very to good. Get to that. I it's on it. Prime, right, you said? Yes. Okay. Yeah. I, it's on my watch list for sure but um yeah I mean again what what can they what can we say that hasn't already been said great visuals great yeah. score that works with the movie um it's just I think it's definitely one that everyone can enjoy mm-hmm. I think it's his most accept, accessible movie besides the Dark Knight Rises I mean Rise, the Dark Knight trilogy trilogy in general because yeah. again later on with Dunkirk uh, Tenet that seems more 
towards visual filmmaking. Yeah, and they're more like puzzles, kind of. Puzzles and... And Inception has... Yeah, it's definitely... It's complex. It's complex, but it's not confusing. It's not like... Definitely not, no. You know what I mean? Like, it makes sense. It's Mm -hmm. it's complex. I I was noticing Mm -hmm. that. Like, me and my mom were watching it, and she was saying, it's complex, but I get it. Like, I understand what's happening. I feel like it became a meme after this movie to go, like, I didn't get Inception. Or, like, you didn't get it. You know what I mean? Like, that was, like, the confusing movie when it came out. And I watch it now, and I'm like, not really. It's not that (laughs) confusing. No. I mean, you just have to keep track of the layers. Yeah. Well, I don't think it's that hard because they're very visually distinct. Although, fun fact, I think it was in Japan. I think. Uh Um, Could have been somewhere else. But there was one country where, when they released it there, they always had, like... I think this is dumb, but they always had a number in, like, the corner of the screen to show what layer they were in, so that you didn't have to keep track of it yourself. Are you serious? Yeah, so during every scene, that during the dream sequence, in, like, the bottom corner, it would be, like, layer one, layer two, layer three, Just layer two, layer people. one, layer... Yeah, I was like, I mean, do people really need that? <laughs> I don't know. Sorry if I'm chewing. Um... What might be interesting about Inception is if you look at the way he structures the three layers which happen at different speeds. Like, he cuts between the three of them in the, like, in the same, like, order, in the same cycle consistently, mm-hmm. but they happen over different amounts of uh, in-dream time. That's a concept oh, yeah. that he would later use in Dunkirk, very prominently. Um, very true. Except with real-world physics rather than dream physics. So, um, yeah, I feel like Christopher Nolan is a director that is one of the easiest to, if you look at his filmography you can see, like, his evolution and his, like, gradual change and, like, where he gets the ideas for later stuff in his earlier movies. The stuff that he loves, the stuff that he goes back to. Mm -hmm. Um, Even the way that he moves the camera, too. Before, it was very handheld and very... Almost gritty, whereas now it's very smooth and precise and almost Kubrick in a way. Yeah, that's a good point evolving um in many ways some uh, even today he still uses like handheld but yeah. but that's that's also a great reflection of how he went from very intimate character studies to true more smooth more polished smooth visual blockbusters grander yeah I, yeah. yeah for sure um i i don't know i don't have that much else to say about it it's it's definitely um it's not that I appreciate it more than I like it. I, I definitely love the movie. It's awesome. But I don't know. I, I think it's it's um I'm not too sure. I'm not too sure. I mm. think it's I think it's just because it is such a long movie and it and it, it does take a while for me at some points to get things going. That I'm not that's, rushing that's to fair. see it there's, again. There's a long chunk of the movie in the beginning that's exposition. Yeah. Which which is good, don't get me wrong, because mm-hmm. we need to explain yeah. what we're working at here. But um, For me, it worked I think because early... I, I wanted to know the information that was necessary for Cobb to know because I wanted Cobb to meet his kids again. Like, I felt very emotionally connected to his goal. But I also totally... Like, I don't disagree yeah. with you. Like, it's a very long chunk of exposition, and it can drag. Yeah, I agree with, um, I think that what, what holds me back from rushing back, not, again, I love the movie, it's awesome, but I agree that 
for me, what I'm I emotionally connected with most was Leo's character wanting to see his kids again and mm-hmm. basically wanting to move on from his wife and uh, all that great, amazing stuff. And what took a while for me was the stuff with Celine Murphy, which was essentially the central plot of it. Mm. Um, that definitely took a while for me to kind of, like I said before, really connect with. But at some point, it really pays off in a way I didn't expect. And it's like, oh, that was great. Yeah. Like when yeah, I know, opens, I know the scene uh, you're talking about in the snow uh, chamber yeah, when, when they go into up the, the, uh, the safe. Mm-hmm, and he sees yeah. the, what is it, like a like a, like a wind like a little right uh, like the little the little like kids toy little kids toy and yeah. he begins to tear up I'm like this is great like mm-hmm. you know what I mean like uh, all he wanted was that from his father like he wanted some sort of admiration or something mm-hmm. and he got that even if at the even if it was like the last thing his dad said and um but yeah again it's 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 inception if you haven't seen yeah, this, you're there's weird. There's not much to say. It's Inception. If you have seen this, you've seen this five times already. You know what I mean? Right. It's, it's Inception. It's a classic. Right. It's it's great. Um, uh, do you have anything else to say about it? Uh, not really. What's your rating? Um, for now, I would give it a nine out of ten for sure. I think upon watching it more and more, it could go up. I can see it definitely going up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, for now, I'm sticking with a nine out of ten. I'm going to be a Nolan shill and give it a 10. Nice. <laughs> I think this is probably my only my only 10 for Nolan. Maybe Memento. Mm-hmm. Memento's sitting right between 9 and 10 for me. I don't know. But I I really do think... I'm, I'm not like a huge Nolan shill either. Like I like him, but I don't mm-hmm. love him as much as a lot of film a lot of... students do. He's very much like a film school guy. Oh yeah, um, there are annoying film students that yeah. are insanely in love with Nolan. And yeah. don't get me wrong, but he's great. And I'll shill for Inception. Doing. What? I'll shill for Inception happily. It's so good. Oh yeah, for sure, definitely. Yeah. Then again, there's a shill for every director. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. I think. Um, and some are more annoying than others, honestly. Mm-hmm. Um, drop some names. Let's uh, let's go. Let's call them out. I'm just, uh, <laughs> I'm just kidding. What I don't what would some be annoying? There are for me, Nolan ones are annoying. I, I yeah, they can they be. can be. <laughs> um, I don't think Scorsese is annoying. But I also Maybe okay because I'm no, a Scorsese I don't think Scorsese chill. is annoying. Nolan, oh. Nolan, like hardcore Nolan fans can be annoying, but like half the time they're right about the movies being good. So yeah, they're right sometimes, but sometimes yeah. I'm like, all right, chill. The ones that annoy me that so much are the Zack Snyder shills. I don't get. Oh, it. those are I don't get the it. most like toxic by far. Absolutely toxic. I don't get it. I mean, don't get me wrong. I would love for Zack Snyder to make a good movie. <laughs> from what I've seen, he hasn't made a single he good hasn't. movie yet. <laughs> I haven't yeah. seen Dawn of the Dead or or um, Watchmen, which I hear mm-hmm. are his best movies. But I'm not exactly rushing to see that. Um, I can't think of a segue for the next movie. Moving on, Sebastian, uh, tell us about the Dunkirk movie. Okay. Uh, <laughs> so, since I kind of like Nolan's movies the same, mm-hmm. um, 
I didn't have a favorite to pick, but I decided to pick Dunkirk because at first I didn't really care for Dunkirk. Uh, Dunkirk came out in 2017, 18? 17. 17, yeah. 17. Um, and it's basically a war film about the events that happened at Dunkirk. We see uh, the perspective of men behind uh, uh, enemy lines, basically, at the beach. We see the perspective of uh, people in planes. And we see people uh, in perspective on the seas and from the Navy. And um, I think there's one more. The Air Force guy, the Tom Hardy. Air Force. I already said that one. When the, oh, the Air, my bad. All the, ma- mainly, yeah, Air Force. You're right, Air Force. <clears throat> and they're all kind of intertwined different uh, in, at different points in time um, to basically kind of keep it interesting rather than kind of telling it as it went along. Uh, and not, not one point do we ever go to men behind desks explaining what's happening. Yeah. There's never any point we go to the government and saying, we need to... Um, fall back we need to uh send in more men not one point does that happen it's just the battlefield just the battlefield within the men within um the people in the air in the boats some people helping and upon rewatching it i love it it's awesome it's uh i i like you said you're very character driven i am too like don't get me wrong Uh, for me I don't know what I am. I I think I just, if it's a good movie, it's a good movie. You know what I mean? Sure. Um, And I also really appreciate and just adore visual storytelling because this is, this is, this is a movie. You know what I mean? We're here at the cinema to watch a story being told visually. Yeah. I mean, if you're here just for the story, the, the actual text, go read a book. (laughs) You know what I mean? (laughs) Like, you're missing the point of what's trying to be told. Right. Here. Well, because film is a is a culmination of text and visuals and sound and blah 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 blah. Yeah, but it's mainly supposed to work through the visuals, through mm-hmm. the framing and how you're supposed to interpret emotion or context through visuals. And here, this is definitely almost like a silent film, <laughs> directed by Christopher <laughs> yeah. Nolan in ways. Because there's very little dialogue. There's no character, really. You follow certain people, for sure, but there's no characterization. And it's thrilling. It's absolutely thrilling Um, for a second watch. I think I wasn't in the right mindset watching it the first time back in 2017. Mm-hmm. Uh, again, back then, I, was, I didn't care that much for Nolan. Um I'm like, there's no character with happening. I don't care what's happening at all. <laughs> this point, I think, I, in these past few years, I've been able to really appreciate visual storytelling and um, the power of images and the power of just using sound and atmosphere to really put you in a moment. And this is what Dunkirk is. That's what <laughs> the entire movie is basically that. Mm-hmm. You're with the men as bombs are being dropped from the from the sky uh as they're drowning as there's gunfire and i don't think you ever see the enemy you don't you never see a single nazi you never see a single of them like and it's but their terrifying. presence is felt very oh, felt for sure 
especially right in the opening. Very scene, well done. Um, with the, with the, with, with the, uh, I think the propaganda saying that we surround you. Yeah. Remember that? I was yeah. like, that's scary. And then yeah. boom, just gunfire. Mm-hmm. Very loud gunfire. Uh, almost startling. And yeah, you just Dunkirk basically is so see... loud. <laughs> oh yeah, it's insanely loud. And like you they, basically like he see... made it so that he wanted the sound mixing to make it feel like you were there. And so when a plane goes by, he made it insanely loud in the theater. And I thought, as much as I I made fun of his sound mixing in Tenet, it works so well in Dunkirk. Yeah, because the point of it is not to be character driven. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And because there's like no dialogue. Mm-hmm. And that Whereas too is tenet, not meant to be any When things exposition. are too loud, you miss out on dialogue that's important. Yeah. I totally agree with that. Um, and again, from the beginning, you should see men picked off one by one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and the one guy jumping over the fence, it's just... Um, I think that's like little moments like that are enough for you to kind of lean on to someone, even if there is no dialogue or characterization. Mm-hmm. You just feel for them regardless because it's a war and it's men sacrificing their lives and just the terror of it you're able to really feel it because of the sound the actual framing of the shots the screaming the score the, the I think the entire movie there's a ticking the entire time yeah. like a gradual so much rising tension. ticking like yeah. just gradual yeah, rising tension and uh, I think it was, it's actually Christopher Nolan's pit po- um, pocket watch <laughs> that they recorded. That's cool. For the actual ticking, which is great. Uh, and Kenneth Branagh is in the movie too, which I was like, oh, oh yeah, right. I forgot. You're, He's like you're a Navy guy, right? Yeah, essentially, yeah, he is. Uh, yeah, some Nolan newbies, some Nolan uh, oldies like Cillian Murphy. Mm-hmm. Tom Hardy and uh, Mark Rylance who's great in the movie right classic actor man I love <laughs> I love Mark Rylance um, he's gonna be in Chicago 7 he is yes. that's right yeah. excited about that I'll admit for a while I didn't like Mark Rylance because I wanted Sylvester Stallone to win the Academy Award for Creed and not uh, him oh yeah he won it for, for, for British Spies British Spies yeah which I hadn't seen I've seen a little bit of it and it totally makes sense why he won. Classic <laughs> actor man. But for a while, I was still like, damn it. It's supposed to be Sylvester Stallone, who I think gave a great performance in that movie. But yeah, we're really here did. to talk about Dunkirk. Uh, Kobe, what, what do you have to say about Dunkirk? Um, again, like, I think... Well, I had a similar experience to you. The first time I watched it in the theater, I didn't love it. I liked it. I thought it was solid, but... And I'm going to probably make myself sound like a stupid head here but i didn't get timeline stuff i just didn't get it like um the way the movie is edited if you haven't seen it and i'm not gonna be able to explain it like you're just gonna have to watch it is um there's three stories happening and the way they're edited is that they're all happening at the same time it cuts like story one story two story three story one story two story three throughout the whole movie but they're actually happening over one happens over a week one happens over a day one happens over an hour right and so that means, like, there'll be times when um, you're in story two, and then they meet this guy who's, like, on a shipwreck, and then you're like, 
the last scene he was on the ship and then 20 minutes later you're back to story one and then the ship wrecks mm-hmm. right yeah. and you're like what um it's it was it was confusing the first time i watched it and this is gonna sound stupid but a big part of it is because all the actors look the same like they're all <laughs> they're all young white guys with brown hair and brown eyes Brown hair, black hair. Yeah, and none of them have names. So because of that, it was so hard for me to keep track of who's who. And that made me confused as to the timeline stuff. The second time I watched it in theaters, it made a lot more sense. And I appreciated it a lot more. I think the visual storytelling of it is genius. I think it is a master class in tension and suspense. Oh, um, yeah. It's very suspenseful. The performances, despite intentionally like not having much to work with, are very They're good. great. Uh, Tom Hardy's yeah. fantastic in it, and you don't even see his face. No. Um, <laughs> I don't think he even says a word, does he? I mean, no, he's... A... I'm not sure. I don't know. Uh, even Harry Styles is in it, and he's pretty solid. Harry Styles is good. in the movie, and he's good. Yeah, he's, he's very good. There's, I like I like when people joke that he had to give Christopher Nolan a resume, and all that was on it is iCarly. <laughs> I thought it was going to be One Direction. No, iCarly. That's <laughs> funny. Um... And now he's getting, like, a bunch of movie roles. Like, he's, he's like, an actor now. He's yeah, going to be in a movie him. with Florence Pugh. He's going to be in another movie with Lily James. It's crazy. Oh, my wife. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, man, Dunkirk, um, I appreciate it a lot more the second time. I would still say it's it's relatively lower end of my Nolan ranking. Really? Because, I, no, I mean, it's, it's probably in the middle, actually. Mm-hmm. Um, I definitely like it more than Tenet. And okay. M- maybe no, I more than The Dark Knight? About the same as The Dark Knight. Okay. I don't know. I kinda, I haven't watched The Dark Knight in a while. But yeah, I, I like okay. Dunkirk a lot. I think it's um, not only really entertaining, but like really kind of a visual feat. Like it's a real achievement. It's a real achievement of filmmaking, I think. Oh, um, yeah. I think Damien Giselle said it when he said it's a big middle finger to those who say movies don't take risks it's a huge risk oh, that's cool. movie. and i think didn't uh didn't tarantino say it was his favorite movie of the year and like one of his favorites of the decade i think it's yeah one of his favorites of the decade and i think his favorite war movie oh wow which is um, saying a lot because yeah. there's a bunch of great war movies i think he even said like like everybody goes to saving private ryan right for like the best war movie mm-hmm which I still think it is. Okay. Um, I haven't seen Path of, Path of Glory or anything, which I hear is I was like about to say, Path probably of Glory the best is probably one. my favorite. But Path of Glory is also more of a legal drama than a war movie. Uh-huh. Like, part of it is a war movie, and then it turns into a legal drama. Oh, I don't know that. Or, um, <laughs> Doctor Strange Love. I love Doctor Strange Love. No, Doctor Strange Love is great. <laughs> it's wonderful. No, but, um, he was basically saying, everybody remembers the opening of... Saving Private Ryan. Everybody remembers the shots, the sound, mm-hmm. the feeling of it, the terror, the suspense, and not much after that. With Dunkirk, you remember everything. Right. Like every shot of the entire movie. And I would agree to an extent, for sure. Um, however, with Saving Private Ryan, obviously that's a more Spielbergian mm-hmm. take on war. In a sense, it's definitely one of his more mature movies, like Schindler's List. Which that does not feel like a Spielberg movie at all. But, um, in, in a good way. In a good way, for sure. But, um, 
yeah, everything about like Dunkirk, like the last shot, the shots of the the, sh- the ship sinking, mm-hmm. that probably the one of my favorite shots ever is when the when you see the bombs um, one by one um, falling in the sand. You see. I was about to say when he's got his head down in the sand. He's had his head down. That's covered. an ingenious shot. That's it's insane. So well made. It's from far away. Boom, boom. They get closer, closer. And mm-hmm. so it's kind of like a couple feet away from him. Yeah. You see a guy basically blow up, and then the sand up, like lands, the on sand just lands on his head. That's an incredible shot. Um, if I am to say something that I wish could have been added, or like it could have been maybe better, if the movie was rated R. Really. I think so. Yeah, I think for showing... why for more blood. Yeah, like n- not just for more blood, but I think just. I don't know, I feel like a lot of the reason Saving Private Ryan stayed with us so much was because mm. of how gory it was and just <clears throat> how terrifying it must have been to have been sure. there. Whereas here, I don't think there's a single shot of blood. In the there's movie. not, but there's also, like, not a lot of actual battle. Like, that's what makes this a crazy war movie, is that you never see the bad guys, you never really... There's, like, a cut... Like, like you said, in the beginning, there's, like, shooting... But you never see... Like, there's no real battle. It's just tension. Yeah. But I was also thinking, like... Imagine if the man that exploded in that shot... You just mm-hmm. kind of see him completely <laughs> dismembered. Yeah. I think yeah. that would have given, like, a big oomph. More, much more of an oomph to that shot. Sure. Personally. I don't know. I don't know. That's, that's just me. Oh, but, one thing about Dunkirk is that it yeah. might have my favorite movie trailer ever. <laughs> oh, where it's just the guys on the boat on the pier. Yeah, right? the first they... trailer that ever came out of it was the guys on the pier or on a boat or something. Mm-hmm. But they're like on the shore, and I don't even know if I knew it was a Christopher Nolan movie at this point. It was the first time I ever saw a trailer for it in theaters, and you hear this very like slowly, gradually rising like, mm-hmm. and it's getting and louder just, and louder. Like one by and one, and they all around. look up at like towards the camera, like what is it? And then it sounds like it's about to hit, and then it says Dunkirk, and that's the whole trailer. Yeah, and never great. in my life have I seen a trailer that more made me go, I have to see that to find out what that was. Yeah. They didn't give That's anything great. away. That's genius. They showed you something that made you curious enough that you go, I need to know what that was. But they didn't tell you what the movie is or about. Genius. Yeah. Nolan. Yeah. One thing about Nolan I love is his trailers. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> Especially that one. That's probably like the best trailer he's made um, from his movies. Great trailer. I, I love yeah. those trailers that, what's another one? La La Land, the early teaser trailers where it's just the songs and visual. Yeah. That was just another one where I was like, I do not know what this movie is, but I'm very curious and I want to see it. Exactly, yeah. Instead of explaining the whole movie to yeah. you, like, I hate that. Um, yeah, I remember seeing that in the trailer and in the theater and just being like, oh, crap. You yeah. Know, like, I give that trailer um, five stars. <laughs> ten out of ten, boys. More than I'm giving Dunkirk. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, I think that would probably be like my only flaw of it besides obviously no characters but that's mm-hmm. benefited from it's more of an experience movie rather than a narrative driven movie yeah I, I i don't think it having a huge lack of characterization is much of a detriment to the movie because it's kind of 
done very intentionally like for like it's the point of the movie it's to show mm-hmm. um the anonymity of war basically yeah um this isn't really this doesn't really like affect the value of or the quality of this movie but have you seen uh darkest hour no okay the it's, one with gary oldman right yeah it came Isn't out my wife like, in it too lily james yeah <laughs> yes she is oh my god i'm gonna watch it now <laughs> it's she's great at um i <laughs> love that i knew who you were talking about um <laughs> it came out the same year as dunkirk and it's also it's about dunkirk they have essentially come out the, the boring year. aspects of dunkirk well, okay, so, <laughs> yes, it's about Dunkirk, but it's not about, you don't see the the battle happening, it's from the perspective of Winston Churchill, who was the Prime Minister at the time, and him dealing mm. politically with the Dunkirk plans, and the events of it coincide perfectly with the movie Dunkirk, and they happen to come out in the same year, they're just from different perspectives. Okay. When it came out, and even now, a lot of people say that it's very boring, and that it was just like a, like a just an old, pretentious British movie, didn't need to be nominated... I disagree. I think it's a thrilling movie. I think it's really well done. I've never mm-hmm. seen, like, a political drama that, that has the potential to be that boring actually be that exciting. <laughs> I love it. Okay. You might disagree. A lot of people disagree. But I love it. Mm-hmm. And I... I They're great movies separately, and they should exist separately, obviously. But I think it would be yeah. so fun if someone did, like, a four-hour supercut and made them the same movie. That'd where be it just cool. keeps cutting back from Darkest Hour to Dunkirk. And then... This is... Not really a spoiler for Dunkirk, but kind of. Or for Darkest Hour. Actually, for both. But not really. The the last scene of both movies is the speech that oh, Churchill okay. gives. That and Churchill so they could gives. just cut those together perfectly. And it would be like these two stories even following for four hours come together. It would be That's great. Crazy. Yeah, I'd love it. Cool. I would love that. Somebody make that. <laughs> Somebody out there, if you're good at editing and you have the time, send it to us, please. Please do. I won't watch it, but Colby will. No, yeah, I, I, I kidding me? <laughs> no, that sounds cool. I haven't seen Darkest Hour, but now that I know that my wife is in it, absolutely. <laughs> I highly recommend. And Gary Oldman's in it, right? He's Churchill. Gary Oldman's in it, and he gives the performance of his life, dude. People are like, "Oh, he, why did he win the Oscars?" Shut up. Gary Oldman's fantastic <laughs> in that movie. He's so good. <coughs> oh, my nose. Hold on. Oh, sorry about that. Okay. Oh, anyway, he won the Oscar for it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. I I haven't gone around to seeing it. I'll check it out eventually for sure. But um, do we have anything else to say about Dunkirk? I don't think so. No, I don't think so either. Yeah, um, very well visually told. Um, really tense. Uh, great framing, great uh sequences, great um. Uh, score and ticking it's just so much tension from yeah. frame one you're just on the edge and at the end it's just a great um, satisfying experience almost as if you went through it yourself so yeah I'd, I'd probably give it like a nine yeah I'd say nine I'd give it an eight eight or a nine between yeah. those not to watch it again but um it's closer to a nine for sure. It could even go up to a ten someday. Maybe I don't know, but it's a yeah one of my f- more favorite Nolan movies from what I've seen, because it it's just it's using his strengths for sure of visual storytelling, and I really love that. Yeah, and um, there's just something about like 
the atmosphere of war and these men dressed up in these war outfits that I love. I don't know, there's something very about that, that I... Very immersive about it, yeah. Okay, so we finished our Nolan discussion. Before we sign um, off, what have you been watching lately, Seb? What have I been watching? Uh, yesterday I was with my friends and I rewatched Killer Clowns from Outer Space. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Which is a wonderful, <laughs> wonderful movie. <laughs> all of you should see it's a uh, very dumb very corny bad acted but very fun 80s horror comedy it's i mean it's called killer clowns from outer space yeah i mean what do you expect that's what are you expecting <laughs> um and um i've been seeing a lot i rewatched the before movies recently oh i just rewatched my... before sunrise yesterday nice yeah um I watched Cape Fear for the first time, the Martin Scorsese movie, which was great. It was full Hitchcock. That's um, awesome. I got I got to watch that. It it managed to be both campy in a way, yet still unsettling. Cause I don't know. For me, the things that scare me are cults, mm. cannibals, <laughs> and not feeling safe in your own home, like. Oh, so real stuff. stuff. All right. So not monsters and crap. <laughs> I find real that stuff. Fun. Real oh, stuff yeah. scares me Definitely. more than like monsters, ghosts, all that stuff. Like, to me, that's to me that's fun. Slashers, mm. that's fun. Whereas like home invasion, cannibalism, and cults are terrifying. Because at at that point, you just one, you're not safe, and two, you're it's almost like all. Uh, like all hope was lost, and uh, yeah. to me that's terrifying. That's just absolutely terrifying. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think I even want. Oh, and they finally watched my first Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers movie, Swing Time. Oh yes, you told me about this. Very wonderful, great dance sequences, uh, great chemistry between the two. I'm looking forward to the rest of their filmography. Yeah. What about you, Kobe? Um, I'm gonna expose myself here as a hack. As a, oh, as, no. a, as a hack film nerd. Um, I hadn't seen Citizen Kane until this month. Or last oh month. Oh, my God. Um, I know. I'd been putting it off. And I think I went... I think the logic I had was like, well, I'll be required to watch it in film school at some point. So I'll just Might wait well. till then. Oh, but I now see. that everything's online and stuff, I'm like, no, nah, I'll just watch it now. And because I want to I wanna see it before Mank comes out. Oh, true. I liked it a lot. It's a fantastic movie. It's basically a masterpiece uh is it the number one greatest movie of all time no that's dumb i don't know why people say that or why yeah. afi declared that so adamantly it's a very extremely good movie it's it's a historical you know huge piece of film history it's great uh mm-hmm. it's definitely not overrated but i don't think it's the best movie ever made mm-hmm. um also i watched wind rises the Miyazaki movie on the same day, and I think it's even better. <laughs> when the wind rises, the wind rises. Have you seen it? No, it's I, I haven't seen insanely it good. It's so it's so good, and I actually this is a weird comparison, but I think it's Miyazaki's The Irishman. Oh, so like in like the same his, way that Scorsese uses The Irishman to reflect on his own past work and kind of like mm-hmm. atone. I think Miyazaki's doing the same thing with The Wind Rises. Oh wow, yeah. I love the Irishman, so yeah, I'll, I'll have to check it out. Um, I recommend it. No, yeah, I, it's been a long time since I've seen Citizen Kane, but I do remember thinking it's great. 
Yeah, it's, um, it's great. I think it's because it came out in the 30s, and it had such these complex... Not complex, but it had, like, these amazing characterization, this great story of a man essentially rising and then falling. Yeah. And, then, and uh, the framing, the directing, the lighting, the camera work. When a lot of movies then... Don't get me wrong, they were definitely... A lot of them, they were very narrative-driven mm-hmm. still, like City Lights, uh, yeah. Sunrise, um, Nosferatu, or even um, Metropolis. Yeah. They were still... Um, like, a lot of people today, they're not that much into silent films. Mm-hmm. And there were definitely still plenty of movies then that were speaking, but, like, Citizen King was the one that I think still holds up even today. Yeah, I mean, it came Which out in, like, 1941. 41? Yeah, I think so. Okay. And, um... Like, I get why, up to that point, it was considered the greatest movie of all time. Because it, mm-hmm. it was. Like, it, it was a huge revelation. And it's very much about the climate of the 1940s, mm-hmm. specifically. So, I feel like calling it the greatest movie of all time by today's standards is weird. Uh-huh. Because... It's just what, it's just kind of that question of like do you do you give credit to the original or to the best because no other movie no other great movie we have now would exist without Citizen Kane. It's not the best, but I definitely think it's the most important film. Exactly. Made. It's like for historically sure. important. It's but very it's not important. Like, like the it's best definitely movie of an all essential time. watch for anyone that Absolutely. loves film. But Absolutely. I would love to talk about that when Mank comes out. That, that would oh, be we cool. should. That would be really cool. Um, uh, anything else, Kobe? Uh, no, that's it for me. That's it? Okay. That's all. Oh, just kidding. I have one more thing. Oh, crap. One more I'm thing. once again going to expose myself on something that I'm so late on. I finally started Breaking Bad. You're good. I barely started too. Don't worry about and it. Really? You're watching it too? Yeah, that's amazing. I... I feel like I finally get why everyone won't shut up about it for the last 12 years. It's fantastic. It's an amazing it's awesome. show. Yeah. It's awesome. Wait, how many episodes are you in? I'm on season two, episode, what? like, nine or ten or something like that. I'm still on season one. I need to catch up. season crap. one's very good. It's amazing. <laughs> it's so good. Brian it's Cranston. Really, it is. If you're listening to this, marry me, sir. You're so <laughs> awesome. I love him. Um... Okay, that is all for today, folks. Are we legally allowed to say that? That's all, folks? Yeah. I think you added four today. I feel like that kind of separates us from Porky Pig. Then we're good. Woo! Uh Uh-oh, I said his name. Now we're getting sued. Uh, (laughs) Tune in next Um, week because we're finally going to be talking about Aaron freaking Sorkin. I'm so excited. Uh, Trial of the Chicago 7 comes out October 16th on Netflix. I made that sound like an advertisement. It's not. I'm just pumped. Uh, we're going to re- give our review of that, and then we're going to talk about Aaron Sorkin movies. Yes! Like I'm so I like pumped. It. I love him. I like it. Um, so if you've not seen some Aaron Sorkin films, I recommend you do. Yeah, do your homework you're able you to listen. catch up on the Trial of the Chicago 7. When that comes out on Netflix on October 16th, 17th? 16th, I think. 16th? Yeah. Um, for next episode, because we will be spoiling not the Chicago one. 
we'll but probably some other movies. We'll probably, we'll probably spoil it. <laughs> Too bad. No, I don't um, think we'll spoil Chicago because it'll have just come out. Yeah. But maybe for sure the other Sorkin films. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, we will let you know which ones those will be very soon on uh, Instagram. Thank you for listening today and for sticking through us with all this crazy Nolan talk. Um, I know. It was almost as long and complex as a Nolan movie. Oh, Ooh. got him. <laughs> Nolan, if you're hearing this, please love us. Nolan, if you're hearing this, sorry you criticized your movie. You're a lovely person. You were very cool to Seb when he met you. Um, yes. And also, you, you work shook in my the film hand. industry, so like, get me a job. Direct my please. scripts. Please. Let me direct your script. Something. I don't, I don't know. Man, Mr. Nolan. Be, we're talking to Nolan like he's listening. He is, Seb, <laughs> if you believe hard enough. If you believe. <laughs> so dumb. Okay. All right, everybody. Thank you for listening. That's all for Bye, this episode. Goodbye. That's all. And we will Goodbye, see you next guys. week.